You're listening to Speaking Stellar Girl with Terry Tkachuk, an interview series that inspires women to live their most stellar life. Terry is the co-founder of the Stellar Girl Movement, and she is sitting down with women all over the world to hear about the key moments in their lives and how they live boldly, compassionately, and ultimately became a stellar girl. Welcome to Speaking Stellar Girl. I'm your host, Terry Tkachuk, and I'm thrilled to have Fern Malice joining me today. Hailed as the award-winning creator of New York Fashion Week, Fern Malice has been called an industry titan, fashion doyen, and the godmother of fashion. After two decades at the CFDA and, M- M- and IMG Fashion, uh, Fern is currently the president of her own fashion and design consultancy services, and she also serves on the board of FIT. Uh, she's famously hosted, um, that's being pulled out of the vault, um, the, 90, the 92nd Street Y series um, entitled Fashion Icons with Fern Malice. And because we have so much to talk about today, I want to welcome you to Speaking Stella Girl and, and thank you for joining us and all of our listeners out there. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you and to, to be included and to talk to you today. Thank you. So um, I know that you speak and believe a lot about horoscopes um, and people's signs. And I know that you, when you did all of your interviews, which with over 50 um, icons in the fashion industry, designers, models, um, photographers included, you always started with that. Um, So I'm going to touch on that briefly because the name of the company um, behind you is Stellar Girl um, and Stellar is about the stars and relating to stars in general. Um, And when I came up with Stellar Girl, um, we thought of of the stars and how how all of that meant. So horoscopes do mean um, quite a bit to me as well. Um, So I would like to just briefly talk about your sign being in Aries and your upcoming birthday next month. So the good is there's a lot of good in Aries, but um, I would say that you throw yourself um, into the world eagerly and without fear. Naturally take charge, competitive, very ambitious, obviously, spontaneous, courageous, determined, bold, initiating new projects, high, and have extremely high energy. Do you still have high energy? It's a little less lately. A little uh, less. This has been a tough year. Of so course, yes. All our energies this past year have have kind of been reduced a little bit with the anxiety of of a living with um, a horrible virus everywhere around us. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'm still at my age, still doing probably as much as anybody half as old as I am. Absolutely. Um, but you you are. Would you say you're impatient? Um, yes, I would. I, yeah, I don't suffer fools gladly and I hate waiting for things. And, you know, my next thing was, uh, you don't like to waste time. No, time is time is the most important thing we all have. Very precious. Absolutely. So, um, as we say, speaking stellar girl, we talk a lot about, um, what as having a stellar mindset and champion championing other women. Um, so I would like to ask you what a stellar mindset or stellar means to you. Well, I mean, you, as you said, it has to do with the stars and you're talking about supporting women. I mean, um, I, I mean, I like being in that role, supporting people and mentoring people and 
um, I guess, being a stellar girl. There you go. So let's go and dive right into the um, relaunch um, of the acclaimed series, Fashion Icons with Fern Malice, and why uh, you decided to launch it digitally now. Well, it's not really a relaunch of the series. um, what, what's been coming up is I've been doing these interviews for over eight years now, mm-hmm. and we've explored options through the years to do something with the content. Um, but you know, nothing ever seemed to make sense and we never quite had the bandwidth to make it happen. But this past year and, and all through the years, people have always been asking me, oh my God, where can we see your interview? Oh, I read about your interview. Oh, I missed your interview or it was sold out and I heard it was great. And you know, they've seen little clips of it on the 92 Wise channel, which will do a three-minute um, clip. And this year, it seemed like content was king, and everybody was just sitting in front of their computers and their phones and TVs, mm-hmm. just consuming so much and binge-watching everything under the sun. Yes. And it just seemed like the right time to make this happen. And so we went back to the why and talk to them because they have a channel on on YouTube. And we wanted our own designation. So we are a playlist on their channel. So it is the Fashion Icons, Fern Malice, uh, Fashion Icons with Fern Malice under that kind of umbrella. Mm -hmm. And we decided to slowly take this content and we've broken it up into quarters. So there's um, the first quarter we've been doing um, since we started it at Fashion Week, literally um, mm-hmm. around the middle of Feb- beginning of February, uh, three different interviews of people, designers who, who we say, designers who give a damn and whose businesses stand for something. And we've featured Christian Siriano, um, um, Eileen Fisher, and Beth Ann Hart- Hardison. Mm-hmm. And they're broken up into four four segments so that you don't sit and watch the whole 60 to 90 minute interview at one time, because it's our understanding and there's proof that people have a much smaller attention span also these days, especially on on things like YouTube. So they're broken up into four segments and I do an introduction, letting people know what, what they can expect to see in the next segment. And each week we've released another segment. So uh, we're just about up to the fourth final episode of each of these people's careers and each of their interviews with me. Yes. And then we've added a, a something special called the edit, where we've taken a theme or an idea that crosses over into a lot of conversations with the designers. Mm-hmm. And um, we the first one we did is working with Ralph. And that's because when I'm on that stage, you wind up hearing how many people worked for Ralph Lauren at some point in their career. Yes. And they all call it Polo University. So we have John Vervedos talking about it, Vera mm-hmm. Wang talking mm-hmm. about it, and Tom Brown. <clears throat> and now we're, there's more, more really fun content coming up next month and next week. And, and next month with um, International Women's um, Day on the, on the 8th, I know that you're featuring um, three spectacular uh, models with, and, des- and designers. Yeah, we're calling it Girl Power. Girl and Power. It's, um, it's Diane and Iman and um, Norma Cavalli. Norma Cavalli, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, three spectacular women. Yes. And so, I mean, it, yeah, we want people to keep coming back to the channel. And anybody who's watching or listening, the best, best, easiest way to 
find these interviews and see them and listen and watch them is to go to my Instagram page um, at Fern Malice and go to my bio Mm -hmm. and there's a link in the bio. And if you hit that, it takes you right to the series and it's all in order. Episode one, two, three, and all the edits in between, as opposed to going on YouTube and searching for fashion icons or going to the 92Y channel. And then you wind up finding 89 other different kind of fashion programs, which are fine, but it's not mine. That's not so yours. Go to the, go to the link in my bio. Absolutely. Well, I have, I did that and I was able easily to found part one, part two, part three of your current um, series. I did watch the entire though, Bill um, Cunningham interview um, every one hour and 54 minutes of it. It was, it was. It when was, did you watch that? Cause that's not available to anybody. I found it. Really? Yes. It was on um, a YouTube channel that I will, I will send you uh, your team an email. Um, that was streaming on. Yes. Because we released it after Bill passed away for a short time, but um, that's one that's still in the archive waiting to be. Well, then we should have that website take that down because. (coughs) Yeah. So thank you. I would love to know where you found it. I I absolutely will. I don't remember the website, but I will get that to your team um, shortly. So um, we've, we, we have a, we've, I feel that we've lost the ability um, to talk about a lot of things. And you mentioned that recently when you were in Southampton at, at an event that we've lost the ability to talk about things because there's aren't a lot, there isn't a lot to talk about these days. But recently with you know having Fashion Week going digitally, you know, Kristen's show last couple of days ago was outstanding to watch and, and all of these new and up and coming designers that you support and champion. Um, so do you feel we're having more things to talk about or? Oh, yes, I mean, I I think so. But I think you're quoting me from an article that my friend Bob Morris wrote in the New York Times, which was in the summer. And it was it was everybody was going to a a kind of fashion show at a woman's house that was on the beach. And it was Alvin Valley. And Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody was a little bit gun shy. People were wearing masks and, you know, weren't sure if they should be sitting next to each other and how close anybody should be talking to each other. And and, and at that point, people really, because the summer, they were at least out, but nobody had been traveling. Nobody was going anyplace. I mean, everybody's lives had pretty much been on pause. So mm-hmm. what it was, was people didn't have lots of exciting stories and adventures. Oh, I went to the theater and saw, you know, such right. a play or, oh my God, you have to go see. Well, now people tell you to watch the movies because you're watching them all day on, on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something, but you know, it was a different kind of, I th- I, and I think that there is going to be a, a very um, strange kind of social thing happening of people getting back into a normal routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even Dr. Fauci saying that if you've, you know, you're around a group of people and you've all been vaccinated and everything, you people can start to socialize again a little bit. But I think after a year, people are a little out of practice, quite frankly. Yes. I miss socializing I, is a, is a art form and is a skill. And I think people are very reticent. And I even know people who have been vaccinated and they're still afraid to really go out and be around people. Yeah. But this, this is all a very scary time. And I, I agree with you. I, we, I feel like we're missing so much fun and the human connectivity of people and to talk to someone face to face versus over a screen to be at the fashion shows, to be when, at the event, where, where did all the fun, I feel there's no fun. 
we're missing the hugs, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. to that point, I mean, I've released those interviews because people keep asking me why I don't do them digitally and why I don't do them online like this, which the Y has been doing. Um, excuse me. And, and I haven't done it because I love when I do those at the 92Y and there's an audience that mm-hmm. fills the house. Yes. And they, they're there because they love whoever I'm interviewing and make a point of being there. Yes. And, you know, the laughter and the clapping and the, mm-hmm. the warmth and love that comes from the room makes a huge difference to the yes. interview. Huge. You know, and to just do it with somebody, you know, as much as this is very lovely doing this with you. I mean, truthfully, need, we're not looking in each other's eyes. We're no. looking a dot on our screen and mm-hmm. hoping we're looking straight ahead. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's very different, you know, and I miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, if if this continues for another year, I'll figure out a way to do that because there are so many new people that I do want to interview and tell their stories. Absolutely. There are, there are many left in the archives for sure. Um, I, let's, let's go to the arc. Let's go back just a little bit. Do you miss... The days where, when, like, do you still eat pea soup? Um, I actually do. You do. Because you told a story once about you miss eating pea soup and sharing a typewriter with Jane. Right. Hertz Mark. So, I mean, I, I've, that is not one of my favorites. However, we do share a lot. But it was, it was from a, a, a guy on our street where the office was. Tell me. And honestly, he made the best. I, I, I still haven't had his pea soup as good as he made it. And with these perfect crusted oiled croutons that were just oh, delicious. Oh, that's, that sounds, um, well, I'll try that next time I'm, I'm out in New York. I share the love of bacon with you. I recently- Everything, everything tastes better with bacon. Yeah. Have you heard of the uh, comedian, Jim Gaffigan? He does a whole uh-huh, spiel sure. about bacon and how even bacon sounds good um, when it's cooking. It sounds like people clapping because it goes- <laughs> I haven't heard his routine on that, but he is a funny guy. He is a funny guy. So, um, I, so one of your favorite things is bacon. And I moved to, um, uh, Wisconsin, um, five years ago for love and I never touched bacon before that. And now I eat it on absolutely everything. Oh, good. They probably have good bacon out there. (laughs) I buy buy the Peter Luga bacon. It's really good. Nice. Uh, we have a, we have a local, um, uh, meat place up by our house is and called Maplewood Meats. Mm, I'm there. Good. Yeah, it's it's pretty darn good. So, okay, food. Be done with food for a second. Well, I want to talk about. You mentioned Netflix and TV. Do you watch anything? I watch everything. Okay. I watch a ton of things, and I also am very lucky that I get on the list of a lot of uh, screeners that are being introduced. So I get the advanced link to watch it on the computer or if I could airplay it onto my TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been remarkable this past COVID how many of the studios are doing unbelievable gift packages to go with these screeners because they're not doing big premieres. Right. And so I get these boxes with um, all these clues and toys that, that re- reference the movie that's going to be played or wine and popcorns and mugs and i mean just really lovely very 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 clever things puzzles i mean the studios are doing a terrific job a lot of these come through um, an, um, a group called cinema society that hosts a lot of these screenings 
That's fantastic. Okay. So do you, or probably everyone asks you about, you know, what your favorite designer is, who you like to wear, what your personal style is, but I'm going to ask you what your signature scent is. Do you have one? Um, the scent that I've been wearing for the last couple of years now is actually Tom Ford's Lost Cherry. Lost Cherry. That's a good word. Good name. Good brand. It's very good. It's a very funny yes. name. And the bottle is this dark red. Uh, Tom Ford does some terrific fragrances. Tom Ford would hate my blazer today because it only has one sleeve. Yeah, he kind of likes two sleeves. Yeah, he likes two sleeves. He's like, oh, I don't, yeah, it's not very practical, but I dress up to go to the gas station around here these days. I will dress up to go anywhere because we're well, all people, been. People want to dress up again, I think. So that's the good news. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk, we, not only did you launched and, and were the figurehead of New York Fashion Week and launched um, American designers everywhere. Um, obviously the Battle of Versailles and it goes, I mean, it's impeccable what you've done and, and you've been hailed as the godmother of fashion, but I would like to talk to you about you being the godmother of fashion in India, because you've also championed that incredible fashion week there for, for years. Tell me how long and why India? Um, India has been a, a remarkable experience and part of my life. Uh, when I joined IMG after IMG bought the seventh on sixth, franchise, so to speak, from the CFDA uh, after the first 10 years of doing Fashion Week and, and me being the head of CFDA and 7th on 6th, IMG bought the fashion show component part. And uh, that's when I left the CFDA and, and joined them. And they're a global company that, that does um, international marketing and events and, and uh, representation. Um, they have IMG models, which have all the best girls in the world. And uh, they they represented all the different sports teams and athletes and um, what have you. But um, they also, you know, because of the model division, they started to embrace fashion. And when they bought us, um, that opened the doors to seeing this opportunity worldwide. And one of the first places when I joined the company, two months later, I was on a plane to Mumbai, where they had mounted a fashion week at the big grand um, Taj Mahal Palace Hotel right on the right on the water and, and um, I I went kind of kicking and screaming because I was not um, I had a health emergency at the time but I got there and it was a revelation I fell in love with with India I fell in love with all the people there and I fell in love with certainly the designers and the talent and the style and I spent the next 10 years going there, doing working on Fashion Week, sometimes once a year, sometimes twice a year. It started in Mumbai, we went to Delhi, came back to Mumbai, then to Delhi, and then it stayed in Mumbai. And I made lifelong friends there who have homes in Goa that I'd go to on the weekends or for extended time on my trips. And I mean, I know all the shops and I haven't been in a couple of years now because of things. But um, I know the restaurants and the shops and I'd walk in and they'd, oh, hi, welcome back. You know, how are you? I haven't seen you. And I'd send friends to these places and they'd go, oh, okay, we'll give you a furnace price, you know. Um, so I was always, always negotiating. Always but negotiating I, in India. But I love the design, I love the talent there. I love the, I mean, the colors, the embellishments, mm -hmm. the embroideries. There's a way that the Indians dress that just, 
takes my breath away. And their jewelry. You were jewelry so, sorry, I spoke up. right. We think we said yeah. the same word at the same time. Sorry. Even the, you know, even the costume jewelry mm -hmm. to get, you know, the real stuff, which you see everybody wearing. I mean, diamonds and rubies and things like you've never seen in your life. You know, go to a really great Indian wedding and you just, you, you know, your jaw drops um, seeing what people are wearing. Um, it's extraordinary. Uh, but I just love it all. And I love the proportions of the kurtas, you know, with little thin leggings underneath. It, it's a shape that's very flattering for my body and for a lot of people, you know, and um, it's it's really great. And then when I left IMG, um, I was I was joined the board of a company called Terra, which was a diamond company there. Yes. So that brought me back and forth many times to India as well. So I've maybe made, I don't know, 60, 70 trips to India. A lot, a lot. You you also mentioned that you like to go to St. Bart's, but that's more for fun. That's that's pure vacation. And I pure. think the island is shut down now. I, I think they're not letting anybody in who doesn't have a EU passport because of COVID. Yeah, it's tragic, obviously. There. Yeah, you 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 mentioned that you, your love of the local designers in India, and um, you collect jewelry from all the places that you visit. Um, I like to collect clothes from all the places that I visit. I try to seek out designers from that specific country or city that I'm in that only have like a little pop up boutique or yeah, some. Great. And you can they're easy. You can easily find that on the internet these days. All the you know the little snippets here and there, but um, you know. But my 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 love is is the students at the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. I sit on the fashion council at the board uh, on the board there, and we do a show every year. It used to be called the Walk. Um, now it's just called Fashion Plus the Year. Miss it tremendously. Miss the designers there. Um, are you familiar with um, Nick Cave? Sounds familiar, but I can't. Sound suits. Um, yes, he did all the sound suits. Some has been in Vogue and Harper's, and he's one of the faculty members um, in um, at the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. So he's one of my mentors, and all. And, but that's where the, all these young, talented designers come from is from these schools. Absolutely, and, and I've been a, I've been a um, a consultant and an advisor for many many years. Charleston Fashion Week and to yes. Philadelphia Philly Fashion Week and to Nashville Fashion Week, and it's great to meet and talk to all these designers in all these cities. I mean, I have a ball in Nashville and friends there and, and I love the guys who organize Philly Fashion Week and Charleston kind of stopped doing it a, a couple of years ago because of sponsorship issues, but but I, it was great. I, yeah. I mean, I love all these regional fashion weeks because they, yeah. they really work hard and they really care so much. I can't believe Indianapolis even had one or Indiana. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis. I mean, there's fashion there. We went to their first fashion week two years ago. And yeah. I think they're doing it again. That's yep. great. That's great. Chicago doesn't have a fashion week. I don't know why. It um, did a long time ago. And then it, it did. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I haven't lived there for about five years, but yes, I, I do miss the shows with the school and being involved and being with all of the students in the studio. Cause as council members, you have access to their atelier and, you know, you can go into their, like see them work. And mm -hmm. um, I, I miss that. You miss go to, you go to the shows, you go backstage and you get to actually buy the pieces that were shown on the runway, or at least after they're photographed, you say, "Okay, here, here's me. Here's my, here's my card. Please contact me when you're ready to sell this one of a kind item." And I love supporting um, the students that way. So, 
let's um, just briefly before we, I know that you are, our time's almost up and I, I do want to give, I do want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, you said so many people who uh, have claimed to have following you that you um, have done so much for this industry and so, and are the, in the forefront. Um, but does any of that come from your family, from your dad, from your mom? Um, did you have any influence from, you know, I know you've worked with incredible women and other designers and, and your girlfriends, but has it, was any of that instilled with you, um, with your family? I'm not sure if that, you know, what particularly we're talking about being instilled, but I mean, I had a very creative family. Um, my, I mean, I got into this industry because of my dad who was in the garment district and he was a salesman for women's accessories and scarves. And so I learned a great deal from him just, just by being around him and listening to him talk about his work and, and going to work with him as a little girl. Um, any day off from school or any holiday, I loved going to work with my dad and watching the women at work and watching him having lunch with, which he'd take me to with his buyers or the fashion director of the stores. And I, I, that just is osmosis. It just kind of becomes part of you. Um, I love doing that. My mother was, I used to say my mother was Martha Stewart before there was a Martha Stewart because she could, she could make anything, build anything, create anything, cook anything, paint anything. She'd wire, you know, broken down bicycles on the street and turn them into a lamp. I mean, she had great common sense and she was really very, very creative that way. Um, and she was, had a great, great love of the theater. She, I mean, I still have in my garage hundreds of playbills of all the theater and the shows she went to. Okay. Um, and I had two sisters. My older sister's yes. an architect um, mm -hmm. and she's done some extraordinary buildings um, around the world and embassies and law libraries and academic buildings. And um, she's up in Rockport, Massachusetts and she now paints a, a great deal and uh, does beautiful watercolors. And, um, and my younger sister <clears throat> was um, also terribly creative and was a painter and artist. And, and um, she brought into the world three gorgeous daughters who yep. I dote on and their children. Unfortunately, my sister passed away a couple of years ago from a yeah. very um, aggressive small cell lung cancer. So we miss uh, Joanne a great deal. Very much. Yes. But the family is very creative and all her, all her girls are really creative. The youngest one went to RISD and is a brilliant artist. The middle one uh, has two of the cutest kids in the world in LA and She's uh, she's a great event planner and stylist. She does everything, and um, and the oldest one is um, is the um, vice chairman of Sotheby's, and and uh, is really an expert in the art world and one of the leading um, people in that industry. That's fabulous that you're so close with them and and mentor them and 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 are their second mom, and that's yeah. beautiful. When I say the names Elizabeth, Gertrude, and Celeste. Um, are they your other three daughters? Yeah. In some, nieces, some respect, nieces, yes. nieces. Yes, they, they're, they're the three muses, what I used to call them. Mm -hmm. Those are the names of the three venues that we had at Fashion Week when we started it. Um, Gertrude was uh, the back of the back of the lawn in, in Bryant Park. And it was named Gertrude because there's a statue of Gertrude Stein in, on a pillar that sits there in whenever you des we designed the tents, she always was backstage. 
And um, so all the designers would throw scarves and hats and necklaces around her. So Gertrude Stein was always very, very chic during Fashion Week. And Elizabeth was the Elizabeth Shaw Lowell Fountain, which is the fountain that's at the front of the park by Sixth Avenue. And that was also in the tent. And, and um, Celeste was the Celeste Bartos Forum, which is the venue inside the New York Public Library, which we used at the very beginning as one of our venues. I missed all three of those lovely ladies in tents. It was, it was, <laughs> was I, the tents were really a spectacular moment in yeah. time. It's like when people talk about Studio 54, yeah. and say, you know, if you weren't there, you, it's, hard, it's hard to even talk about how fabulous it was. And people who went, you know, loved going to Bryant Park. It was really, it was really spectacular. Phenomenal memories. I do, I would like to ask you one question I've always wanted to ask you and, and today may be my opportunity to ask you why, you know, you talk, when you just spoke with Beth Ann, um, she was a force and so fierce on that runway and she had so much fun. Um, and, you know, back when you were running New York Fashion Week, the, the models on the runway had some fun. There was that, that kick butt pounding music and they walked it and they rocked it. And now they're more stoic. They, it's more, obviously it's always about the designer, but when did, when did it stop being about the designer, about the model back to the designer? Cause it seems to me they're not having as much fun as they used to on the runway. Yeah. You know, it depends. It's, it depends on the, on the designer and the collection. Um, you know, you could see the girls who walk in a Moschino show for Jeremy Scott or Jeremy Scott show or for, um, the, um, the Libertine shows. Um, there are certain collections and the blondes and people do shows and the, the, the models who walk are having a blast and they're having a really great time. It's, it's the energy of the designers, the collection, the music, you know, but they've reached a point back in the 90s, the late 90s and mid 90s when, you know, things were very, you know, we went through cycles of models I mean, way back when, before I was involved in all of this, you know, there were so many black models on the runway, mm -hmm. um, you know, when Beth Ann was modeling and, and um, uh, you know, all, all Pat Cleveland and, and um, um, I can't even think of all their names now, but there were just a ton of, of Veronica Webb and mm -hmm. um, everybody, they were modeling like crazy. And then it changed and then it became you know, these like all American white blonde girls. Then it became a moment of the, the Ukrainian Russian models with the long skinny legs and straight blonde hair. And then there were the Bra Brazilians and the South Americans when Giselle, Giselle came into everybody's lives. Uh, you know, and then it switched back again. And, and now it's, you know, it's a cross section now and now everybody's fighting for this equality and diversity to have a mixture of all of these people on the runway, which is really what the world is about. And that's what makes the most sense. But, you know, they, it, a lot of it had to do with being dictated by stylists who worked for the designers, who became the ones who actually picked the models and did all the, all the, the, um, the you know, the, the, the testing and, and the go-sees. And, um, you know, designers started to let stylists decide how the clothing should really look and how it should be accessorized, who represents the look best and who should walk the runway. 
you know, I think when designers started to give up some of that power, they lost something a little bit, you know? I mean, some stylists are spectacular and others are not like anything else in the world. Right. But, I, you know, it's up to the, it's up to the designer and, and what they're trying to convey. Absolutely. Well, I, I so appreciate you um, being with me today. I want everyone to go to Fern Malice's Instagram, not anywhere else to search for the fashion icons with Fern Malice. That's where we're going to head. All, all of our listeners are going to go. But I, I do want to say this, that you've everyone always asks you for advice. And the advice you always give is always be nice to people and always be kind first. Um, well, you have been that to me today. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your time and being on Speaking Stellar Girl and everyone pick up this book. It's beautiful. Yeah, you pick can get it on Amazon. I think there's a, I think there's a back order on Amazon. They're waiting to get them from the warehouse. There, I think the series on YouTube has spurred a lot of people into buying the book. Which is fantastic. But we're working on, we're just now starting on book two, volume two. Version three. So there's going to be more. I'm I very excited. That volume two will be launched just about this time, February, 2022, next year. Well, I'll definitely get pick that one up as well. I will keep tuning in to part four of the upcoming first of your three. Um, I will be obviously um, following everything from Malice and uh, we so appreciate your time today and hopefully your, your gases and your ranges are working. <laughs> Everything's working. Keep back on. Well, thank you again. And I'll have, um, we'll be in touch uh, with Chloe in regards to how I found um, the um, Bill Cunningham interview. Okay. Thanks so much. So thank you appreciate again. It. I appreciate your time today. You too. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell icon to be notified of new episodes. To learn more about the Stellar Girl movement, please visit us at StellarGirl.com.